car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. And welcome back. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking to L1 Master ASE Tech, Pablo Sarmiento. And we'll be discussing what the difference is between all-wheel drive and 4x4 option on your SUV, car, or truck. And for our email question, Barbara from New Jersey evidently got involved in some water up there. Try to navigate through it. And remember, you never, ever, ever, ever drive through standing water because you don't know how deep it is. And she found out she waterlogged her car. We're going to discuss that and how you too can prevent this from happening. And of course, we have our gadget guru back, Peter Sudak. He has something that will interest everyone driving in the up-and-coming winter months. And this week's featured technical service bulletins will concentrate on a Cadillac CTS all-wheel drive. Remember, we're talking to Pablo about that. And we're going to be looking at Acura as well. And I'd like a big thank you to our sponsor, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. If you are in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. I know that I use them in my customers' cars, and you know if my mom needed one, it would go in her car too, because everybody knows that if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. So ask for Jasper by name. But let's get on with our discussion with Pablo. I was talking to one of my customers, and they recently purchased a new used vehicle, and this one came with all-wheel drive. And they asked me, what's the difference? I take that for granted because I automatically know. But it was such a good question, I thought we needed to present it to our listeners because most of you have an all-wheel drive or a 4x4 option if you're up in the snow belt, even for you listeners out west. So why don't you take a moment and listen to uh, Pablo and how you too can benefit by operating, especially the 4x4 option, correctly. Hello, Pablo. This is Pam. Oh, hi, Pam. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. We had a customer ask me recently, and you know, it's something that you and I would take for granted because we're so well-versed in it, but he asked what the difference was between all-wheel drive on a vehicle versus four-wheel drive on a vehicle. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, that's a jungle out there because <laughs> they have way too many acronyms and this and the other. Before I start, yeah, let me tell you that there there are... Lots of variables in the design of those systems and that there are exceptions to most standards of design. What I'll be talking about applies to most vehicles. Second, uh, my comments will be based on facts and also mm-hmm. uh, about 30-plus years of experience in the automotive repair business. And third, I'm very opinionated, so watch out. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I also like to say ahead of time that uh, 
uh, four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive are necessary only if you need to go into heavy snow or mud mm-hmm. or very rough terrain uh, or may you may have to pull a boat out of some ramp, etc. Right. If you don't need to uh, do none of those things, then don't buy one. I repeat it. If you don't have to do none of those things, don't buy one. And let me explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, to begin with, they, they cost more money. Yes, they do. Okay, when you buy them. Uh, they also use more gasoline. You yes. hear me? They use more <laughs> gasoline. That would be a big factor. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, the other thing is down the line, the maintenance uh, costs more because there are extra components. And also the labor uh, is also more sense. Uh, generally, they are harder to work on. There's more things in the way. You it's know? more labor-intensive, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, but, okay, uh, getting to your to answering your question. The two kinds of, yeah, what's yeah. the difference? Yeah, the four-wheel drive. Uh, primarily, there are two kinds. The part-time four-wheel drive is one, and basically uh, they work on two-wheel drive until you select four-wheel drive, either with a lever or with an electric switch. Um, uh, this system should not be driven on hard surfaces while in four-wheel drive because it can damage the transfer case or the differentials, not to mention they have this tendency to wear the tires bad because they're just like the front and the rear. Anyway, I'm not going to get in too much into this thing when it turns and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the second design uh, is called the full-time four-wheel drive. Uh, this one you can drive on, on paved roads uh, because they incorporate some sort of differential in the transfer case. Yes. Uh, but both four-wheel drive systems have low, and this, this is an important fact, both four-wheel drive systems, they have low four-wheel drive. Uh, and as I said, this is important because it gives you extra torque at the wheels at lower speeds and this is how you negotiate deep snow or, or probably very rough terrain, mm-hmm. among other conditions. Um, now, let me talk a little bit about the all-wheel drive. Okay. Uh, there's some called the automatic all-wheel drive. Yes, uh, that's right. These systems are used primarily in light-duty applications such as cars and some SUVs, but the systems are much less capable than its counterpart because, for one thing, they don't have, I said it again, for one thing, they don't have four-wheel drive low, you know, the low four-wheel drive capability. Correct. Yeah. Uh, now, the components are also usually a lot lighter, and when one wheel loses traction, there is very little torque at, that, uh, at the other wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, exceptions to that are vehicles equipped with, like, traction control. And, and very briefly, the way this traction control works is if one wheel loses traction, the traction control system applies certain amount of braking to that wheel and thereby sending more torque to the wheel that has a good foot on the ground, sort of speaking. Uh, there are other exceptions, of course. Uh, the automatic, very briefly, the automatic 
all-wheel drive works, they work on two-wheel drive until one or both wheels lose traction. Then the system engages, and they engage in the all-wheel drive. So it works like on demand. That's why it's called, it's called automatic. Uh, right. All-wheel drive. Um, yeah, the driver but, doesn't have to do anything. Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, the thing of it is that, in theory, it's a great system. But the way I hear, some drivers don't like it. Uh, they just don't like the way it performs. And I'm guessing probably because, you know, they engage that four-wheel drive very briefly, and then they go back again to two-wheel drive. So, uh, you know, you don't get the same feel like if you're driving on snow or something all the time so it keeps changing the way your car feels perhaps you know i'm just kidding mm-hmm. uh, by the way of the two all-wheel drive systems the automatic one is is the newest but anyway the bottom line and this is probably what you've been waiting for the bottom <laughs> line is yes. that if you are going to drive on heavy snow or, or do some serious uh, off-road uh, uh, driving, then you better off um, with the four-wheel drive mm-hmm. uh, because it has that low four-wheel drive capability that the other one doesn't have. Okay, and okay. Uh, so I, I hope I somehow have answered your question. You I sure hope did. It hasn't been too confusing because no. uh, this subject is confusing to begin with, and I, know. I did try to stay away from explaining how the differentials work and stuff because right. you know that if you get me started on that stuff, <laughs> you would just simply you would just have to hang the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No, that's that's a very good explanation, and I, I appreciate you taking the time out, too. Oh, yeah, anytime, Pam. Thank you. We'll talk to you later on. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And you need to take heed with that one comment that Pablo was saying. You know, when you're in a 4x4 mode or 4x4 low, please make sure you're in snow, deep snow preferably, or in rough terrain that you really need the four-wheel drive option at that time. Because you do not want to create drivetrain damage. Drivetrain is what keeps the car moving forward or backwards. That's your drivetrain, your transmission, your differential, the transfer case. You you don't want to damage any of that. So please uh, take heed with those words of 30 plus years wisdom being an ASE master technician. And just think of the money that you'll save heeding Pablo's advice. Okay, we're going to step it up a little bit here. I'm going to get on my soapbox, and we're going to talk about our email listener. Barbara, for whatever reason, decided that her car would benefit her best as a boat while she tried to drive through high standing water. Uh, First of all, you never, ever, 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 ever drive through any standing water that you don't know what's underneath. It only takes between 6 to 12 inches of water to actually move your car, pick your car up and move it. That means the contact of the tire on the ground is no longer and it literally moves your car. You're done. Why take that risk? Plus a lot of other vehicles, their intake where they pull the air into the car into the throttle body for you to get that air-fuel mixture in your engine. Some of those are pretty low to the ground. 
And by going through standing water like this, you'll actually suck the water up into the throttle body and create engine damage. I can't tell you how many engines I have replaced in the past by people driving through standing water when they know they shouldn't have, but they didn't want to wait or they didn't want to turn around and take another route because, well, they thought time didn't allow. Well, guess what? By doing an engine three, four days later, that's the time they wasted, plus the money, plus all their other valuable time just running around trying to get their car towed. So please don't drive in standing water. It's just too dangerous. Going back to Barbara's email, she did drive through standing water and the vehicle stalled. Well, they let it dry out, so they thought, and they tried to start it. Well, it sounded horrible after they finally did get it started. And what had happened was that the car did pull in some water where the air flow came into the throttle body and it got in the cylinder and it created what they call a hydrolock. That means that you had water in there and the reason why she couldn't start it is because it was full of water and the piston had nowhere else to go and instead it went out the side of the engine, the side of the block. This is just way, way, way too expensive of a lesson for anybody to learn or have to go through. So now we have an engine that has the piston out of the side and she asked what her options were other than purchasing another engine. The only option that I can think for Barbara in this case was not to drive through standing water. If the car won't turn over, don't become instant technician and think that you can fix it because you don't know what's going on. Had she had the vehicle towed to a reputable ASE Blue Seal shop and had an ASE technician look at it, you know, they could have gotten the water out of there. So she would have had very little, if any, engine damage at all. So lesson learned, never, ever, ever, ever drive through standing water. Not only will it save you money in your pocketbook because you run the risk of hydrolocking the vehicle, two, it saves your life because you don't know how deep that water is. You don't know where it's going to take you. And we don't need to be reading about you on the front page of tomorrow's paper. So please, please, please learn Barbara's valuable $4,000 plus lesson. Do not drive through standing water, period. That's the solution. If you get stuck and water gets in there, step two, have it towed to an ASE Blue Seal shop and have an ASE certified technician check it out and do the proper procedure. Lesson learned. Sorry I couldn't help you further, Barbara. And if you're just tuning in, welcome to Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. Today we're talking with ASC Master L1 Technician, Pablo Sarmiento, and we're discussing what's the difference between all-wheel drive vehicles and 4x4 vehicles. We're answering an email letter from Barbara. She drove through some standing water with bad results. We're going to have our gadget guru back, Peter Sudak, with an interesting wintertime gadget that I think everybody will like. And of course, we have our trouble service bulletins, and this week we're concentrating on Cadillacs and Acuras. Now let's get back to the show. Let's give our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, a call. Let's see what Peter has in store for our listeners this week. 
Hey, Peter, this is Pam. How you doing? Hi, Pam. How are you doing today? Good. So what kind of interesting gadget do you have for us today? Well, I found an interesting one, not one that I really expected, but it seems to be very practical for especially in cold weather climates. What made that? It be? is a uh, heated seat cushion for the car. you got to be kidding me. Absolutely not. I'm dead serious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you just, uh, for vehicles that aren't equipped with that, so you just pop it on the seat and it's heated by your right. own body temp or... Uh, no, actually, it plugs. It's got an on-off switch, and it plugs into your cigarette lighter. <laughs> and it definitely would work well. I've I've driven cars in in the past with leather seats, and and definitely in winter time, it, that would definitely come in handy. The cloth seats aren't so bad, but the leather seats, oh my God, they're definitely cold. Yes. Oh yeah, they do. You know, one of my friends who's since passed, we used to pull a practical joke. They had heated seats in their SUV. Yeah. And in the, in the summer, the dead of summer, when it was heat index of about 110, literally, he would drop it off and we'd do a service and I'd always make sure that heated seat was activated. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the ones that come factory, they're pretty toasty. So I can yeah. only imagine... I remember it's been it's been a few years, but yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Oh, yeah. We always have a good laugh after that. I know you'd always get a phone call a couple hours yeah, later. Yeah, I'd get a phone call. If not immediately, I'd get it a couple hours later, thanking right. me for that extra bit of attention that I put that's towards right. that car. You know, that's incredible. That's nice, though, because people who don't have this on their car, and it gets bitter cold up north, especially. Yes. You know. The only downside that I see with this would be people forgetting to unplug it or turning that switch off and having a dead battery. That is a definite possibility, yes. And you just got to make yourself a mental note that you've got this cushion here and make sure you at least unplug it. You know, you can leave it sitting in there. You leave the switch on, obviously, because once you unplug it, there's no power to it. But you definitely got to remember to unplug it before you get out of the car. I wouldn't even recommend leaving it on unattended, period, even, oh, no. if, it's, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, because, you know, e even though it's probably very well safety rated, there's still the risk of possible fire or something else, you know, burning into the seat or something. You don't need to risk that. So. I wasn't thinking that so much. I'm sure they have that all covered. But what I was thinking of, you know, one of the nastiest times for a battery other than extreme heat is extreme cold so you're just draining that battery without the vehicle running and you need every cranking amp you can get out of that battery to start the car in the dead of winter yeah i've i've noticed that even when it gets cold down here in florida i notice when we get our cold spells that battery's not too happy but yeah i can imagine it like up north you know and in New York, Michigan, or especially up there, yeah. You know, right now they're kind of mocking you about it being cold in Florida. You do realize that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, so it's 33 degrees and we're all acting like a bunch of sissies when it's 20 below up there and the wind chills 50 below. But it's like, oh, it's 33 down here. It's too cold. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a different stock up north, that's for sure. That's true. But, you know, that is a nice convenience for anybody who doesn't have that option. They have an older car or a newer car without that option, having that heated seat driving home. 
Yeah, that would be a definite plus in the wintertime. So yeah. where would you find these? Uh, you can get them online at a lot of the uh, online retailers or specialty online stores. Mm-hmm. Or even there's a few auto parts stores that are starting to actually carry them now as well. Wow. Uh, they're starting to apparently become a fairly popular item. I, I can't see them selling too well down here, but... I, up Across north, the I they could yeah. be going like, no pun intended, be going like hotcakes, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> How much do these go for? Uh, they run about $115. You know, that's not bad. No, that's not a too set bad. Set up two, evidently. Yeah, that's one of our more expensive gadgets, but this is, for cold weather, this would be the most practical, and I don't think the people have the money, have the problem shelling out the money for something like that that's going to help keep just give them a little extra warmth in the winter time i don't think that'll be a problem no even for you know children i'm sure you can hook it into the back seat if you can yep. keep the cord away from the children yep keep the kids warm too that'd definitely be a plus as they get cold too the little Let's little bodies we can hold it we can handle it a little better but the little tykes can't no they can't well thank you peter what an interesting gadget yeah i thought that was pretty cool i like well we'll talk to you next week all right, sounds good. Take care. All right, thank you, Pam. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, I can't wait for the invention of air-conditioned seat cushions. That would be really nice. Some vehicles automatically have air-conditioned seats, but the air-conditioned seat cushion for those vehicles that don't have that option would be wonderful during the summer, especially this past summer. Our first trouble service bulletin this week is going to be with Cadillac CTS all-wheel drive. And of course, we talked about that earlier today, but this has nothing to do with the all-wheel drive. It actually has everything to do with the automatic wipers. The automatic wipers become inoperative, but you can work them manually. So that's not really a safety issue, but GM is doing a customer satisfaction campaign. Along with the CTS, they're also looking at the Escalade and the Suburban and the Yukon for this customer satisfaction campaign. And basically, there's no parts involved, but there is a reprogram for the body control module that basically operates the wipers, the automatic wipers. So this campaign ended last June, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we actually had a customer who was not aware of the campaign purchased one of these cars and this was not fulfilled with this specific car. GM took care of it for him, which I thought was great. Remember the uh, bulletin number and the models affected will be on our webtalkradio.net car care for the clueless. The next bulletin has to do with the accurate TLs. And again, our technical service bulletin will be listed on our front page of webtalkradio.net car care for the clueless and phone numbers that correspond with this. Basically what's going on is they have an updated bushing for the front end of this vehicle. Uh, it's for the lower control arm. And trust me, you do want to have this replaced under this bulletin. It affects everything regarding your suspension and your steering and your braking. So it's extremely important. Again, this is for the Acura TL and we'll have it on the front of our website. And that concludes this week's episode. Thank you again for joining us, and we appreciate Pablo Sarmiento, Master ASC Technician, L1 Certified, 
And of course, our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, for talking to us today regarding all-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive and those heated seats. That's pretty interesting, Peter. Next week, we have another interesting show in store for you. And of course, we'll have Peter back. We'll have our travel service bulletins back. We'll have an email writer. And I have a special guest who's going to be on next week. And I don't want to give that away. But I'm sure you'll be very interested in what she has to say. And thanks again to our sponsor, Jasper Engines and Transmissions. 100% associate-owned. Remember, if you need an engine or transmission, ask for Jasper by name. And again, the whole reason behind this is because we want to make you a savvy car care consumer. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.